Sego. Buju Anim. Danach A. Ak Anzenu Shubwithan. Tante. Ay, Inuradikai. This is Words and Culture, a series on Indigenous languages, funded by SiriusXM through the Community Radio Fund of Canada. Sego. Hello, my name is January Rogers, and I'm your host on Words and Culture. Do you carry the great peace with you? This is a common or general greeting in the Mohawk Ganyageha language. I am Mohawk or Ganyagahaga from Six Nations. I am your host for Words and Culture, the Haudenosaunee language episodes and I had the great honor to join the Cayuga language class at Six Nations Polytechnic for their language games night. They had several game stations set up where students could wander from game to game, stations like Bone Dice or Indian Dice, Tic-Tac-Toe, Bone and Toggle, and the classic card game Go Fish. It was a great turnout of teachers, students, and their families joining in, and of course, there was food, yummy stew and corn soup, Strawberry drink with biscuits and cookies, all homemade, which inspired a warm and welcoming atmosphere to the night. You could feel the close-knit dynamics amongst everyone there. And again, I was just so honored to be part of their very fun and heartwarming night of language games. Shelby Bomberry, one of the Cayuga Games Night organizers, is a soft-spoken Mohawk man who lives what he speaks. He is a proud teacher of the Cayuga language and he takes great pride in passing the language baton to his students. Shelby makes and plays traditional Haudenosaunee instruments and does other woodworking craft. He's very family-oriented and holds his position as a cultural carrier within the longhouse with a great sense of responsibility. <laughs> Jeez, it sounds like I'm writing this guy's dating profile, but uh, don't take my word for it. Let's hear from Shelby himself. Now we are going to go to the house. 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 We are so my name is Shelby Bombery, and I'm the, one of the teachers here for the program at Polytech. And we have 13 students, and so we're here Monday to Friday. I didn't say this part in Cuba, but uh, we're here 9 to 3 every day. So they're trying their best to study and learn and do their best to speak also in Cuba language every day. My um, mom grew up, and her parents were speakers, but they never really spoke to her. So that's a kind of a generational curse, I guess, for a lot of families around here who live like that. And on my dad's side, his mother was a first language speaker, but she went to a residential school in Brantford, as many have. So she didn't really pass the language on. She understood, from what I understand, if people were speaking near her, she could understand what they were saying, but just never, could never come out after that. She said it was a lot of fear. So I had to just pick it up on my own. So I started learning here, actually, um, I guess five years ago now, in 20, a year after my boy was born, so 2018, that's when I started learning language, and 
now I'm teaching the program here. So Amazing. that's a nice little full circle moment, I guess. <laughs> and you said you're a longhouse speaker? Yes, I do speak at some ceremonies and uh, other functions we have, like the funeral or anything else in the community that they need, like an opening for events and stuff like that. Shelby is a longhouse speaker. That means he has been deemed worthy of carrying our cultural traditions, practices, and ceremonies forward. Yes, in the longhouse, but also in community. The Haudenosaunee Longhouse is historically the physical structure where Haudenosaunee people lived communally. In fact, the word Haudenosaunee translates roughly to people of the longhouse or people who build the longhouse. More recently, the longhouse is a much smaller structure used for seasonal ceremonies to take place over several days at a time. Only the language of the nation where the ceremony is hosted is spoken inside the longhouse. This point alone could be inspiration for new language speakers to keep up with their studies. For one day, they too may be tasked to make those speeches or address their people in ceremony. So how did Shelby go from being a non-speaker to being able to go into the longhouse? Because you would need a lot of confidence as a speaker to do that. Yeah, I guess they they kind of picked me too, I guess. So they always say like they're kind of watching you, but... One of the teachers here, um, Alfred Key, uh, Kent, um, he was one of the speakers at the longhouse I go to. So it kind of just worked out that he did a lot of work there as well. But yeah, it was a lot of pretty well every day. Like I don't really put my books down ever. Even now, today, I'm still learning and studying constantly for everything. So yeah, it's been pretty well every day for the last five years or so. So when they leave this program, they'll be able to converse fluently? Um, I don't think anyone would ever say fluently, but to the best of our ability, we'll be able to talk about just about everything we could possibly think about, I guess, in the realm of uh, day-to-day activities, routine, jobs, and schooling, and how to teach, and what to teach. Shelby shares more of the language program, where he is one of the teachers, and how they go about producing people who are able to converse in the Cayuga language out of Six Nations Polytechnic School. So it's technically a two-year program, so 24 months, but we're going straight through, so we're not stopping in the summer. There's a lot of um, the program itself, its mission, is that we understood that there's a lot of intermediate-level speakers that didn't have the means to get to advance to the next level. So that's what this program was aiming to do, was to take some already proficient speakers and take them to the next level of advance and help them (laughs) hopefully advance to that level and also teach as well. To some degree. Do you guys create resources out of here? Yeah, so we create um, our site structures, so we build that from all the unit material. So we're creating those, and that'll be a new, I guess, lesson plan for once this program's done. We can repolish it and put it back out there right away for a whole, a whole new cohort, and it'll be easier too because we have the materials made after all that. Always thinking eh, of mm-hmm. the next people coming in. Um, for the games night tonight, whose idea was that, and like, what kind of games is there going to be? Mm-hmm. So the other instructor, Goihoin, she had the idea. So um, we were talking about it before, so pre-COVID, that time frame. We had uh, language cafes here before, but then they just slowly dwindled out. It was her idea, then we kind of just ran with it and got the students interested in, so they got some games going. So we have um, some games, uh, Bone Dice, and we were, sp- we were going to have Jeopardy, but uh, that didn't work out. Just time frames and everything. We got um, Bone and Toggle, and a couple of word games we got. And we got some uh, winter words uh, printed out, so we'll share those as well, so resources. (laughs) 
That is some of the banter at the Kayoga game night. It's where students come to learn in a more informal setting and have a bit of fun and compete for prizes. Shelby says that on this night, they'll play word games, bone dice, bone and toggle. Bone and toggle is played with a stick about 8 to 12 inches in length that has a piece of bone or antler that's been cut into a button shape with the center of it drilled out, tied to the stick with some cord. The idea is to flip the bone piece into the air and try to stab it with the stick so you catch the bone piece onto the stick. This night, the students set a timer to see how many times they could catch the bone piece within two minutes. Yeah, so we're going to try to see how, how many you can get within a minute. So it'll be a nice little contest for everyone. Nice. <laughs> Prizes? Oh, I think so. Okay. Some good ones in there, I think. Oh, good, okay. Right on. Well, let's go play games. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> When you see people having such a great time, it's pretty contagious, and I could barely keep myself from participating in some of the games. So I tried my hand at the bone and toggle game and got pretty good at it using a small size stick, piercing that bone ring almost every goal. But when I switched to the larger size stick, it wasn't easy at all. I remember playing our traditional peach pit game where you play with an uneven number of pits, usually five or seven, and the pits are colored on one side. You toss them on a plate to see if more of the colored side land face up or the natural pit color side has the majority. The players pick a color and wagering sometimes happens. It's kind of like the Indian dice game that was being played on that night. I ran into Michael Hill a student of the Kyuga language class. But Michael is also a great community initiator, organizing the Six Nations Pride events and dedicating himself to our traditional agricultural pursuits. Yeah, so hi, my name's Michael, Kuga Nation, Wolf Clan, here from Six Nations. Um, I would say my language journey began during COVID, actually. Um, grew up with like very minimal, like learning colors, animals, the basics, then moved for a couple years, didn't learn it, and then came back to it. It was definitely intimidating, but uh, yeah, I'm still, still doing it, still in it, yeah, and I love it, grateful to be here. Um, yeah, so I'm in the immersion program during the day, 9 to 3, and then the degree program in the evenings, 5 to 8. Like, What's the difference between the day program and the um, degree program? So, yeah, the immersion program during the day is just, um, again, just learning. You're pretty much starting from, like, an intermediate, uh, like, low level, learning, like, you know, um, how to conjugate verbs, how to form sentences, just to have those basic speaking like proficiency. Uh, the degree program is more so, it's three years. So the immersion program is two years, the degree program is three years. But the degree is just in the evening, and that's just more so focusing on like the grammar aspects of Gai Kono. Yeah, so 
it helps. Like they're both like one speaking, one's grammar, so you really are getting the full understanding of the language. We could talk about the mechanics of learning mm-hmm. a language all day long, you know, mm-hmm. but I really wanted to know, you know, from the heart, like what's that mo- what's that heart mm-hmm. motivation oh, man. about, you know? Yeah, oh like, wow. With the language. It's, it's it's community responsibility, it's like intergenerational like fulfillment, if that makes sense. Like so my my grandfather is a first language guy Kono speaker. So Peter, you right you know him? Right? Peter Bomberry? Yeah, Elaine's dad. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's been amazing to 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 learn as much as I can and speak with him what I can, and because he has no one else to speak with, it's he's also like relearning it as we're talking. So like that feeling, I can't like replace or describe. Cause just like to be able to do that, right? To especially the fact that like he never taught my father how to speak or any of his aunts or they never learned the language right so it was just it stopped with him but I'm picking it back up so it's just like filling in that generational gap right and also in the longhouse too like we're losing speakers and so a lot of them are older so they definitely want and need younger people to, to learn that so again it's fulfilling that cultural uh, perpetuity like that cultural responsibility so it's just so much bigger than I am. So mm-hmm. like I have, I don't have to be, but like I'm glad to be here. Like yeah. I'm yeah. so grateful to be here to be able right. to do this, to learn it. Yeah. And so what is like? So what is that? The, the dream, like not just the goal, mm. but the dream. The dream. Yeah. After this program, oh my goodness. So <clears throat> my grandfather has some property um, that I want to basically turn into like a small farm, a small farm where other people from the community can learn the language um, the, but basically learn the plant like in the language so basically like again addressing that cultural skills gap that we're losing like we're losing all those different you know planting or paddling or tapping trees how to hunt or fish like all in the language right so that'd be the biggest thing upon graduating this is trying to get that program that kind of avenue going so it can give the language life again to those areas mm-hmm. while also rebuilding that cultural community capacity. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you yeah. feel like you have to do, like, in, to be able to fulfill your mm-hmm. dream, yeah. you have to be in community. I mean, is, oh, yeah. there, is there any mm-hmm. feeling like, oh my God, I'm trapped here oh, because no. I want to say, okay. <laughs> no, I'm so, I'm so grateful to be in this position where I'm at mm-hmm. and like, I feel like it's definitely where I've been had been told, I guess, I don't know, like, I'm where I'm meant to be, I guess. Like, I don't feel trapped or anything. It's just, like, this total fulfillment. Like, yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I love tonight that there's some, there's, like, you know, tic-tac-toe, but then there's also stick-and-bone game yeah. and the and the um, Indian dice and, you know, the other beans. and thing. I love the traditional games here. Mm-hmm. So um, when you, like, what else... How else can you apply? I love the idea of a garden, but mm. like in your every in your day to day, Michael, when do you mm. get to use your language? Oh wow! Um, whenever really I can use it, like I try to use any and every word, like during the day that I can. So whatever that may be, like like thank you, Nyama, or like uh, I think so, Neumbi, or I don't think so, Tenumbi, Sadenyanda. Like I'll try. So that's really so. I'm ready. Like, <laughs> Or oh, you're ready. Like there's so many just little phrases. That I really just try to 
like I'll think about okay, well, how do I say that in Gaikono, and I'll try and write that down and just try and incorporate as much language as I can in every day. But mostly with family, like okay. at, at the home for sure. I, yeah, teaching my mom and sister oh, little phrases. Nice. Yeah. I remember when Elaine was home uh, a couple times back, mm-hmm. and uh, she was sitting. We were sitting with her dad on the porch oh, at yeah. her sister's house, and um, Elaine brought up the app on her phone. Eh? Oh yeah. And yeah. she was checking in with her dad, like mm-hmm. how accurate the app was. Yeah. You yeah. know. <laughs> oh yeah. And he was he was he was right on it. Like he was yeah. right on it. Oh yeah. No, we don't say it like that. Yeah. Or whatever you know. Yeah. So tell me your relationship or what your views are in terms of as a learner. Mm-hmm. Um, Having that interpersonal re- interaction, or is the app good? Is the internet good? Is it like yeah, that's useful? the thing. Like they definitely help for sure. I don't think they should be like the end all and be all. Because the language has to live in the community, right? So that's what I'm trying to definitely is create these programs, different avenues where people can learn the learn the, the language and also like the cultural skill behind that, yeah. right? So. Um, but yeah, the other thing too, going back to my papa, is like how we, there are family dialects. So as I'm learning too with our family, that we have our own family dialects that my papa has. So it's like, had I not taken this program and spoke with him, I never would have known that. Like, so that's probably why he hears things differently and says them different because that's just how, I guess, diverse guy Kono can be, right? There isn't just one way to say something, so it's so so vast, which is also amazing too. Yeah. I've been hearing people talk about like the old style language too oh, though right yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know yeah definitely yeah. yeah and do you get do you get to learn any of that in the class or basically it's just like a little bit mechanical. Yeah, yeah. Right now, mechanical. Until we try to build up a proficiency enough to understand those older speakers, right. then we can kind of start working with that more and adapting it and right. trying to bring it back. I guess. Right, right. Yeah. Do you have any of the old time speakers come into the classroom? Yeah. So we have a soup meeting once a month. I think it's the first Wednesday of each month. Yeah. All first language speakers. Um, basically just gather in a room and they're sitting like in a central table and they're just speaking and we're just listening and like they're just you know doing their things it's like I love that and we're following the same method how they would naturally form words they call it the root word method yeah so that's basically how we're learning to speak the language yeah yeah it's well, amazing congratulations yeah, eh? yeah, yeah. yeah okay and I really appreciate you speaking with me about your, yeah. your journey yeah as I mentioned at the top of the episode the Cayuga language games night had a great energy about it and I could only imagine that comes from a group of language learners who understand that their collective language journey takes patience understanding and support for one another The night had a beautiful welcoming energy to it, but I couldn't help but feel like an outsider not being able to speak the language or understand what was being said. But I shared in the pride of that night, proud that even after all the attempts to have our languages removed from us, here we are, conversing, laughing, enjoying a full night of language games. Whew, it gets really emotional, you know? So here we go with our three language words for you the listener to try. Harvest. Gayuntogwa. 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 Harvest. Come in. Desedawiya. 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 Come in. Listen. Sarahun sata. 
sa da hun sa da sarahun sa da listen I'd like to send Yaogoa to the First Nations Technical Institute out of Tyndanagam Mohawk Territory for being such a great language resource to me so I can bring these words to you. I'm trying my best and that's what matters. Next week, I sit down with Gazihi Yondo, where this young language advocate, speaker, and teacher shares with us his personal, political, and cultural take on indigenous language promotion. Until next time. Onigiwahi. Bye for now. Be well and take care. Words and Culture is made possible with funding from Sirius XM through the Community Radio Fund of Canada. Words and Culture is produced by Kim Wheeler. Kaylin Belair is our audio engineer and editor. Onigiwahi. Gigawabamen. Soko seni denit e. Minen yuji shina. Ekose. Kakurutao. We'll see you again.